Good morning. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Yud Zayin in Maseches Psachim. In the middle, in the heart of Rav Chanina's Gana Kohanim, discussing Tuma and Tara Garanowitz. This is the source of Tuma and Tara in the Gemara. Okay, so we're four lines up on Tetzain Amad Bez, where it says Tashma. We remember we were talking about the topic was liquids. The status of liquids. We said that can liquids in fact be Mikabal Tumah? Or maybe they can't be Mikabal Tumah. Um, the issue is, are they Mikabal Tumah Midoraisa or not? We know that there's of course a, a Durabanan prohibition. Um, but the question is, is it, is there a Durabanan prohibition? If there was in fact a Durabanan prohibition, if it was also Midoraisa in the sense that the liquids were Mechabal Tuma Midoraisa, then even in the base of Mikdash, they would be Aser. However, because we don't, because we, in the base of Mikdash, we want things to be able to run more smoothly, for lack of a better way of explaining it, we suspend a lot of the Durabanans in the base of Mikdash. And so Rav said that Midoraisa liquids are not Mechabal Tuma and they don't transmit Tuma. And we had a lot of, we had a whole bunch of um, different sources up until now. Today we'll say the last source to try to tell Rav, hey Rav, it doesn't sound like that. It doesn't sound like liquids don't become t- uh, Tame. And yet he was able to explain uh, one after the other how those sources, although they sound like they say that that liquids are not Mechabal Tumah B'Doraisa, they don't really mean. Um, one of the more striking ones that we discussed yesterday was, in fact, it says, the Pasuk, in fact, says, Mikol, this is in Fayyikor Yud Aleph, Lamed Dalet, Mikol HaOchel Asher Yachel Asher Yavo Alav Maim, Yitamah, that anything, any food that you eat, um, and the liquid comes up on to it, it will become tummy. And then it says, And similarly, all drinks should become tummy. Well, that really sounds like liquids are mikabal tumma. However, the Gemara at that point said yesterday that it's referring to the idea of hechsher, that solids, in order to become tummy, need to uh, be in, uh, moistened by one of the seven liquids. And so, and we explained yesterday why we need both parts of that Pasuk. So here's our final challenge. Tashma. Four lines up from the bottom of Tazainam and Beis. Okay, the Pasuk says the following. Okay, this text is not from what we call Chumash, but it's from Chagai. Okay, this is an interesting interlude between Chagai and the Kohanim. They were coming back to the Beis HaMikdash. But not everybody was coming back. This is after the Chorban. Not everybody was coming back in Chagai. And so Chagai was testing to see whether the Kohanim knew the laws of Tuma and Tara. Right? They were coming back from Golis Bovel. And like in the Golis today, we do not have Tuma and Tara. It had been part of daily life. But without the base of Mikdash, they were not doing it. So just like they came back then, and they tried to test themselves in the halachas of Tumantara. Be'ezrat Hashem, we will come back and test ourselves in the halachas of Tumantara very soon. So, 
Anyways, Chagai is testing the Kohanim. Do you know what's going on? The Pasuk records this discussion as follows. Here's the Faher, as we call it, right? Here's the test, the Bechina. He's asking them. Let's say a person is carrying a contaminated, contaminated basar, right? Contaminated meat, flesh, in the corner of his garment. So the truth is, Basar Kodesh is, uh, is a nice way of saying a sheretz. Basar Kodesh, it's Lashon Sagi Nahar. Basar Kodesh really means pure flesh, but Kodesh, right? Holy flesh. But what he really means is a sheretz, which we know is one of the Av Hatumas, okay? And then, Venoga Bechnafo El Alechem, Velanozid, Velayain, Vel Shemen, Vel Kol Maachal. And let's say he touches, this Kohen touches with the, the corner of the garment, Bread, stew, wine, oil, or anything else edible. Hayikdash, will it be contaminated? So this is literally a test, right? They're having a test. He's asking the Kohanim, in such a scenario, will it be contaminated? Now the Gemara is going to explain, and you have to explain it now, what is exactly did he mean? It sounds like, if you just read the Pasuk, that it means like he had some sort of flesh on the, on the corner of his garment, and then that, that corner of a garment or the flesh touched any one of these things, stew, wine, oil, or anything like that. But the Gemara very clearly points out that what he meant was, let's say you have a sheretz, and it's in the corner of the garment, and that sheretz touches bread, which in turn touches the stew, which in turn touches wine, which is kodesh, and then that touches the oil, right? So he's talking about a chain reaction. Why is he talking about chain reaction? Because as we said in the introduction yesterday, there is something called Rishon, Shani, Shlishi, and Ravi, Latuma. We're talking with regards to Tumma about degrees of separation. We're also saying that the more holy, so to speak, something is, the more susceptible it is to the Tumma, such that Chulin, regular foods, are susceptible to a Shani, Latuma, to a second degree, right, Tumma. And, right, Truma is susceptible to a third degree Tumma. And Kachim, which is the question here in this finals exam that Chagai is giving the Kohanim is susceptible to a Revi Latuma. And so what he was trying to figure out was do they understand the concept of the transmission? Do they understand what we just discussed, the idea of the Revi Latuma? Do, how are they going to handle this chain reaction where one thing touches another and then touches another and touches another? And so in the Pasuk, the Kohanim hear this case, Vayamru lo. The Kohanim said, no, it's not, it does not become Tameh. So as we arrive at Yudzayinam and Aleph, finally, at the auspicious time of 5.42 a.m., Amarav Ishtabesh Kahane, Rav said that the Kohanim were wrong. They said that the oil was tar, but in fact the oil is Tameh. So this seems to fly in the face of Rav. Why? Because Rav himself says, that liquids do not become Tameh. And yet, here he's saying, in the Beis HaMikdash, where they're returning to, and may we, Bezrat Hashem, return to soon, in the Beis HaMikdash, Rav is saying that the liquids are in fact becoming Tameh. So if he holds that the liquids don't become Tameh Daraisa, how does he think that the Kohanim are wrong, right? In other words, the Kohanim said that it's Tahor. That would have been consistent with Rav, but Rav himself said that it's Tameh. How can Rav say that liquids become Tameh if he holds that they don't? So says the Gemara, Midihu Taima, Ela Rav. Do you think that that question is only relevant 
to 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 Rav. So he says like this: Rav Mashke base mitbechayetane. Rav was talking before when he was referring to uh, Rabbi Yosef ben Yoezer's testimony yesterday when we were talking about the testimony of whether blood it or and whether whether liquids become tame. He was only talking about what. So we're going to use the following distinction: Mashke base mitbechaya versus Mashke be midbechaya. So reading inside, Rav Mashke base mitbechaya tane, Ava Mashke be midbechaya metame. So it goes like this. Base mitbechaya. Did you ever notice that the word mitbach and mizbeach sound similar? A mitbach is where you shech things. That's the kitchen colloquially, right? That's where sarha tabachim, this week's parsha, <coughs> you have tabachim is slaughter. Where did they slaughter the animals? Not on the mizbeach, right? They had a slaughter section, right, in the azara, where they did all the shechting. They didn't shech it on the mizbeach itself. Okay, so Beit Mitbechaya is an area of slaughtering, the butchering place, as it were, where you have two kinds of liquids, blood and water. Okay, blood and water. And which is thicker? Is blood thicker than water? It doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter for this case, but you have blood and water. Okay, we discussed that yesterday. Beit Mitbechaya is the Mizbeach. Now, the Mizbeach has blood and water on it sometimes, but it also has wine and it also has oil, right? The oil from the menachos and the wine from some of the carbonos where you pour the wine on the Mizbeach. So the Mizbeach is, in fact, more inclusive, okay? So this here, Rashi is explaining that it's possible that what, what Rav was talking about in that case when he was saying Ishtabesh Kahane, that was Tameh, was in fact, Rashi's giving us a history, a little bit of a history lesson, and he says, in fact, he was referring to all of the liquids, right? Rav mashke be mitbechayetane, aval mashke be mitbechayetane, so this is a difficult uh, little section to read in the Gemara, because what it, it shifts out of talking about the Orisa, and explains that perhaps the test that Rav, as Rav understood it, the test that Chagai was asking he, the Kohanim had to do with Derabanan. Because after all, Chagai was already a member of the Anche Knesset Hagadola. And the Anche Knesset Hagadola was already making Zeros Derabanan. And it was already making Zeros Derabanan in the base of Mikdash. And so obviously, if he's giving, right, what we call in medical school and dental school a practical, right? If he's actually giving them a practical, is this Tame, is this not Tame in the base of Mikdash? So even if you held like, Rav, let's say, and you were consistent and you held that Midar Raisa, it's not Tameh. Midar Abonan, in terms of practical means, it is Tameh, right? Because these things are, in fact, Tameh Midar Abonan. Now, in the base of Mikdash, it wouldn't be because things that are Midar Abonan in the base of Mikdash are going, to be t- uh, are going to be suspended. But that's what it means when it says base mit versus be mid Like the mitbach, right? The kitchen, it would be Tameh. Right, but in right, but things like wine and oil, which are on the base of Mikdash, uh, are on the Mizbeach, right? Then, then they are going to at least be susceptible to tuma. So the question is, what is susceptible to tuma, and what is going to transfer tuma? And so, while it is somewhat confusing, contrary to Rabbi Gross, who thinks that these gemaras are very easy. 
the bottom line here in the Gemara is to say that he was testing the the um, the Kohanim as to whether they understood what was susceptible to Tumah Midr Banan. Okay, so that is Rav's opinion about 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 uh, liquids, and that is a sort of a full analysis of how he it matches up with all the sources. Okay. Now that we've discussed that, let's go back to this uh, um, discussion between Haggai and the Kohanim. There, we only read one Pasuk, there are more Psukim, and we're going to see how this Kohanim's response measured up to Haggai's question. So again, the Kohanim said that the, after all of this um, uh, sherets that's in someone's cloth touches, right, a stew that touches... Um, well, it was a, uh, again, a stew that touches, knaf, big dough, right? A stew that touches the, the, um, oh, I'm sorry, the bread that touches the stew, that touches the wine, that touches the oil, right? So bread and stew and wine and oil. So when that was, in that exchange, the Kohanim said that it was Tahar and Rav thought that it was incorrect. So let's see. Gufa. Rav Amar Ishtabash Kahani. Rav said that it was in fact incorrect what the Kohanim answered and that this chain reaction led up to a fourth degree Tumah that was in fact Tameh. And Shmuel said, actually, that was in fact the Machlokas Rav and Shmuel. Shmuel said that the Kohanim were correct in saying that it was Tahar. Ah. So now we're going to elaborate what they meant. Rav Amar Yishtabesh Kohane says the Gemara Revi B'Kodesh Ba'aminayu. Because what Chagai was actually asking, the question is, what was the test, right? Sometimes you have a question on a test and you want to know what is the teacher trying to figure out? So according to the Gemara here, they're saying Rav is trying, that Chagai was trying to figure out, and the teacher, Chagai, was trying to teach, uh, figure out what is the case of a fourth level Tumah in the case of Kachim. For Amr Tahar, they told him that a fourth level Tumah is Tahar. Now we know that that's not correct, right? We know that Kachim is so holy, so to speak, that it's the only thing that's susceptible even to a fourth level of Tumah. There is no such thing as a fifth level of Tumah. That we understand. But a fourth level of Tumah it will be susceptible to. Okay. And Shmuel said, no, the Kohanim were correct because Chagai was actually asking what is the status of a fifth degree level of Tumah. And they said to him that it was Tar, correctly. In other words, that was the question. So Rav would say, right again, the Kohanim said that it was Tahar. So if Rav holds that it was a fourth degree Tumah and Shmuel holds it as a fifth degree Tumah, that would explain why Rav thinks that they were incorrect and Shmuel thinks that they were correct. Now the question is, how do they count this sequence of events where Rav arrived at a fourth degree and Shmuel arrived at a fifth degree? As follows. The Gemara asks, Bishleim al-Rav, I can understand why, how, how Rav agreed to the fourth degree Tumah because Hainu Dechsev Arba, Lechem and Azid V'yayin V'shemen. I understand how Rav agreed to fourth, uh, arrived at saying there was a fourth degree Tumah because in fact there's four items mentioned in the Pasuk. First you have the bread, then you have the stew, then you have the wine, and then you have the oil. El Shmuel Chamishami Nalei. Where did Shmuel come up with the fact that this was a fifth degree Tumah? This is after all, you had a Avatum of Asheretz, touching bread, that you would think would bring the bread to be a Rishonatumah. And the Studa Sheni, Yain becomes a Shlishi, and the Shemin becomes a Ravi. So the command says, Michsiv and Nagal Knafo. Is it written that the garment's corner touched the bread? Meaning, when you read the Pasuk, it says, 
it says, it doesn't say venaga knapo, which would imply that the sheritz itself touches the bread. That would mean that an avatuma is touching the bread, creating a rishonatuma, but rather venaga bichnafoksiv. Rather, it says that the Kohen touched the bread with his garment, which is to say, that he touched the bread with that which touched the sheretz that's in the corner of his garment, which is to say that the beged itself is the Rishon the Tumah. So again, if you follow the sequence according to Shmuel, the sheretz is the Avatuma, the cloth is the Rishon the Tumah, and then the bread is the Sheni Latuma, the stew is the third Latuma, the wine is the fourth Latuma, and then the final item mentioned in the Pasuk of the oil is the fifth Latuma, and that is in fact why the Kohanim were correct according to Shmuel in saying that that fifth Latuma item is in fact not Tameh, it's Tahar. Okay. Now the Gemara says, so, so Rav is saying that it was four, and Shmuel is saying that it was five. So Tashma. Let's see if we can refute Rav's opinion over here from the next Pasuk. We had actually uh, multiple Pasukim of, in, in, mentioned in Haggai, what the exchange was between Haggai and Kohanim. So let's read the next Pasuk, see if it implies like Rav or Shmuel, as follows. It says the next Pasuk, Haggai said, if a person who is Tame, in this case, Tame Nefesh, he's Tame from a corpse, touches any of these, in other words, a Tommy person touches the bread, let's say, which touches the stew, which touches this, haitma. Okay, so this was question number two in the exam. So the question number one was, there was a sheretz in his cloth, and then he touched the bread, which touched the stew, etc., etc. Question number two was, he, this individual had touched an actual human corpse. Okay, and then after touching the corpse, then he touches the bread, which touches the stew, etc., etc., so that second question, the Kohanim answered differently. Whereas in the first question, they said it was Tahor. In the second question, Vayanu Kohanim Vayamru Yitma. They said it's Tameh. Ah. So now, Bishleimash Lishmuel, Midahacha Deloishtabush, Hasam Nami Loishtabush. Meaning, according to Shmuel, everything makes sense. The first case was where the Sheretz touched the baguette, which touched the bread, and set off a chain reaction, where at the end of it, there was the oil, and it was a fifth Latuma. And there the Kohanim said that it was Tahar, and that was great. It's interesting, the Pasuk doesn't say what Chagai said, right? In other words, Chagai said, um, the Pasuk just says, Rav and Shmuel have a machlokas as to whether they, they were correct or not. Right, Rav and Shmuel have the don't, they don't have the answer key. But anyway, he asked two questions in the psukim. In the first case, the Kohanim said that it was tahor. In the second case, where the the person was touching the tame and setting off the chain reaction directly, there they said that it was tame. And Shmuel says, well, these guys knew their stuff. In the first case, it was tahor because it was a fifth latuma. In the second case, it was tame because it was a fourth latuma. And according to Shmuel, it makes sense that there were two questions. There were two different questions in the exam, testing two different things, and everything worked out. They were correct in both accounts. But according to Rav, who thinks that in the first case they were wrong and that both cases really were supposed to be Tame, according to Rav, it's kind of a weird exam because both questions are the same question. Why would you have the same question twice on a two-question exam? Right? 
In other words, according to Rav, who says that the sheretz touched it directly, there's no difference between the first and the second case. And so, why would the Kohanim be wrong the first time and be right the second time? How do they, like, all of a sudden know the halacha the second time? So Rav doesn't sound like he's, like, like he's reading these psukim. Once you read the second pasuk, then it reflects more like the Shmuel in the first pasuk. It sounds like the first pasuk is talking about the case, a more indirect case where it's a Hamishi Latuma, and the second case is more, more direct when it's a Ravi Latuma. So how are you going to answer this? So Rav Nachman is going to attempt to give, uh, to explain Rav here. Amar of Nachman, Amar Rabba Baravua, Bikin Heim Betumas Mace, Bain Bikin Heim Betumas Sheretz. It could be that the reason why the Kohanim made a mistake in the first and the second, that even if you held like Rav, that the questions were the same, maybe they understood in the second question the concept of Tumas Mace and how that's transferred to reveal a Tumah. But Tumas Sheretz perhaps was a more esoteric type of Tumah that they hadn't studied on the exam. Like they didn't read that part of the textbook. And therefore, when it came to Tumasheretz, they got it wrong. So in other words, Rav, again, he's saying that all the Kohanim got a 50, right? Rav holds that they got the first question wrong, the second question right. Shmuel holds the Kohanim got a 100. So that's the difference between failing and, and, and getting an A. So, so, Rav, so, so what Rav Nachman is saying here is that the reason Rav could say that they got a 50 and they failed is because they did not know Tumas Sheretz and that's why he feel that they got it wrong in the first one. But really, both questions were asking the same question with respect to the degree of Tumas. Okay. Or another possibility, Ravina Amar, Hasam Ravi, Hachashlishi. Oh, how's the, how so? He says, because when referring to the Sheretz, right, so even if the Sheretz touches it directly, right, so... That brought them to the fourth level of Tumah. Maybe they were not aware that anything could actually become Tameh from a fourth degree Tumah. Because that is, after all, four degrees of separation. That's, but Hacha Shlishi, but don't forget, the case in the second Pasuk, you're talking about an actual corpse. A human corpse is a totally different level of Tumah. It's not an Ava Tumah, it's an Avi Avos HaTumah. Something which touches the corpse actually becomes an Ava Tumah, which would mean that the bread became an Avha Tumah. And then the stew became a Rishon. And then the wine became a Shani. And by the time you got to the oil, it actually was not a Chamishi or a Ravi, but only a Shlishi Latuma in that second case. So Ravina is suggesting, perhaps this was the mistake of the Kohanim, that they all knew that a third degree Tuma is going to become Tameh. They just didn't know that a fourth degree Tuma is going to be Tameh, and therefore we can explain why Rav thinks that they got a 50 in the exam, where they, got, they thought the first one was Tahar erroneously, and the second one, they were correct in saying that it was Tameh. Okay, so that was a challenge to Rav. Now we're going to challenge Shmuel and see what's going on. Isn't this interesting? I love this stuff. Come on, this, is, this, uh, this is, brings you back to school, to all different kinds of testing. Like I said, hopefully we'll get this exam soon. We're going to do great. Okay, Tashma. Vayan Chagai. Okay, next Pasuk. So then what happened? So next Pasuk is Chagai answered. He spoke up. So is this people and this whole Am, this whole nation in front of me, says Hashem. And everything that they offer, you have to know the rest of the Pasuk. What is he referring to? All these people and all of what they do is Tameh. <laughs> so the third Pasuk, okay, is again, the first Pasuk was the first question of the exam. Second Pasuk was the second question of the exam. Now in the third Pasuk, Chagai is actually answering. The teacher is telling the, the, the students how they did on their test. 
They're getting their test back. And what is Chagai saying when they're getting the test back? He says, you guys are all tame. Everything's tame. Nobody knew anything. You all failed. That's what it sounds like. So Bishlam al well, that makes sense according to Rav, because according to Rav, they got a 50. And 50, as we know, is a failing grade. And Rav said that they got the first question wrong. So Hainu dechsev tame. That's why Chagai answered and says, all of you guys all failed. Right? He was very, this was very discouraging. Right? He says, uh-oh, we're not ready for this base of Mikdash. You guys don't know anything. You guys, you have a lot to learn. But if everything was hunky-dory, as Shmuel suggests, and the Kohanim got both questions right, so then why is it written in the Pasuk so negatively that Chagai's response as the teacher is that they all failed? What did they fail? They all got hundreds. They all got A+. Plus. It's amazing. So the Gemara answers, Chagai was wondering. He was saying it in a laudatory fashion. You're reading the Pasuk wrong. He was saying, since they're so good in tar, in Tahoros, um, is there anything that they can offer that is Tameh? In other words, he was saying it in a nice way. Chagai was saying, wow, you guys are great. He was saying it, so to speak. He was saying it as a question. Is there anything that I can get past you guys that could make a Tameh? You guys are amazing. Okay. So, so the Gemara rejects, however, the positive connotation that we're suggesting here and says, No. He says, no, and also all of your stuff is Tame. So it doesn't sound like he's talking about the students and he doesn't sound like you can read it in such a way that he's being positive. It sounds like he's actually being despondent and talking in practical terms about the fact that everything is Tame. So Amar, so the Gemara has to concede that. And Amar Mar Zutra Vitame Ravashi, Mitoch Shekilkilus Masayim, Male Lemakosov Kilo Kriv Batuma. It could be, okay, that they had some corrupt, right, over the years of the Gullus that developed some corrupt habits. And therefore, the Pasuk, so maybe for now they were okay. In other words, Shmuel could say that even though they got a hundred, he was talking in a sort of like negative tone because they had developed some bad habits, and already the pasuk is Already the pasuk is anticipating that it's as if they offered in a state of tuma because they saw some of the corruption that was to come. Okay, so now back to our original topic: the topic of liquids and Rabbi Yosef and Yehuda's testimony. Six lines down in the wide as follows: Gufa. Let's go back. Right? To, to liquids and tummy. Rav, tummy, mashke, base, mit, we said. Right? That, that we're excluding, that it's only blood and water that becomes tummy. But Levi, tana, mashke, bay, mit, And Levi holds, right, that all of, even the wine and the oil, everything on the Mizbech becomes tummy. This is a way of saying, again, as we said before, that Rav holds that the, that the mashkim in general, midar, raisa, are going to be, um, tahor, and Levi holds that no, all the mashkim, are going to be even midar raisa going to be tummy. So the Gemara says, "Lelevi hanicha isvir lekeshmuel," right? The Amar dachan mil tummy to masacherim. So now we're kind of putting everything together like a jigsaw puzzle. So according to Levi, who holds that the that the liquids can become tummy, I can understand it. According to Shmuel, right? He says that the the, the he says dachan mil tummy to masacherim. Dachan, as we said yesterday, means tahor that the liquids are going to be tar in the sense that they are not going to contaminate other things, but they themselves do become tame. Okay? So, so, right, in that case, you could find that it's true because 
in the second case of Chagai, the oil is going to become Tamei. Denage Kulo Berishon. That, that explains all the items on the list. Because after all, in the case of Chagai, do we have liquids? Yes. But we don't have the Bay Mitbechaya. We only, we have the Bay Midbechaya, right? We don't have blood and water in that case, but we do have wine and oil as part of that chain reaction. And therefore we can understand, right, how it would indeed become Tomei according to him, right, because they're going to be, right, because they're on the list, according to Levi, those liquids are in fact on the list of the chain reaction. And if Levi holds that they can become Tomei, so then, so then that's why the question makes sense. The question that Chagay asked makes sense. All the psukim that Chagay asked I mean, this is sort of the elephant in the room, right? The Pasuk has wine and oil as part of the chain reaction. So if, in fact, Rav holds that wine and oil don't, don't uh, transfer Tumah, so then how, how does the question get off the ground? Everything's going to be Tahar. So the Gemara says, has to be that Levi holds like Shmuel, right? That, right, that, the, liquid, that the liquid themselves, in fact, uh, can become Tameh. In other words, that he meant to exclude, right, all those, all those beverages only from contaminating other things, but it has to be that, it, that it's referring to only the water and the oil, but in fact, the wine and the, um, I'm sorry, yeah, and the wine and, and, I'm sorry, the water and the blood, but the wine and the oil do become tame. Okay, 11 lines up from the bottom. Gemara turns back to, to Shemuel. Shemuel, ha Right, so we understand that Shemuel, Right, who, who said before, remember, there's Machokas Rabbi Shmuel as to whether the Kohanim made a mistake, and they said that the first case was Tahor. So Shmuel said that they were correct, right? They got a hundred. So according to Shmuel, it makes sense if you hold like Rav, right? Because if, if in fact, right, that they, that it's Tahor, then it makes sense because he's saying that, um, it's referring to that when you say that the that the, the um the, that the mashkim atar they're referring to the bay mit bechaya to the water and the blood of a mashke bay mit bechaya achrini nami mitamu right but the wine and the oil can in fact contaminate other things and therefore we can understand why Shmuel had to explain that the reason why the Kohanim were correct was because it was a chamishi latuma right Ravi who delo avid chamishi right. That Ravi, that, that since Ravi can't make any, can't make oil of Kodesh, a Chamishi, right? Because not even Kachim, even though they're the most susceptible to Tuma, they are susceptible to Ravi, but they're not susceptible to Chamishi Latuma. And that's why we had to explain that it had to do with degree of, right, of, of separation, which was the reason why it was Tahar in the first, in the first question. But Hashlishi, Ovid Ravi, but certainly a third degree Tuma can make something fourth degree Tuma. But if we had like Levi, the Tani Mashkebe Midbechaya, but if you have like Levi who is saying that all of these beverages um, are, and therefore, right, are in fact Tahar, and therefore Kodesh can't contaminate anything else, right? When you hold Be Midbechaya, again, the question was, if Yosef and Yeza said that the liquids are Tahar, so that they're not capable of transferring Tuma. So if you say Be Midbechaya, so that makes sense, because that's just blood and water can't confer Tumah. And it doesn't have to do with our Pasuk and Chagai. That's what we're doing. We're trying to meld these two together and see how they all fit. Because, but the Pasuk and Chagai isn't talking about blood and water. The Pasuk and Chagai is talking about 
oil and wine. So if you hold like Levi, however, who says that this entire statement that the, that the liquids don't transfer Tumah is referring to oil and wine as well, then ask the Gemara, my ear revealed the law of Chamishi. I feel the Right? The order of the transference here was bread to stew, right? To oil to wine. Or to wine to oil. So it doesn't matter. The last two, right, liquids, the last two items here in the chain reaction were liquid. And therefore, if liquids, in fact, are not going to confer tumah, if you hold bay mid bechaya, then in fact, it wouldn't matter. The whole question on the test doesn't matter because we're not talking about revi to chamishi or any of those things. By the time it gets to the second or the third tumah, you're already talking about a liquid that can't confer tumah. So the Gemara concedes, we have to hold, right, like Rav, right, who holds that it's Beit Mit Bechaya. That when Rav Yosef and Yoezer gave his Edus on that fateful day of Edus, when they opened up the, right, the walls of the base, of the uh, base Medrash, and Mesechus Edus, um, he was, and Rav Elazar ben Azariah became, right, the head of the yeshiva for that day. So on that fateful day, when he gave the testimony, right, that, that uh, liquids are not going to confer Tumah, he was referring only, we have to say, if you're going to say that the Pasuk in Chagai makes any sense, we have to say, like Rav, that he was referring to the Bey Mit Bechaya, but not to the Bey Miz Bechaya. He was referring only to blood and to water. He was not referring to oil and wine. Okay, so seven lines up. We're going to talk about the different versions of the understanding of this testimony. Again, of Yosef and Yoezer each stradia. Tanya Kavasei the Rav, which you mentioned yesterday. Tanya Kavasei the Rav, Tanya Kavasei the Levi. We do have Bryces that support both Rav and Levi in this as follows. Tanya Kavasei the Levi, as follows. The Hadam, the Hayain, the Hashem, the Hamayim, Mashke Bey Midbechaya, Shinitmu Bifnim, Votsian Lachutz, right? So, Levi again said, that this whole idea that the liquids don't transfer tumah is referring to all the beverages, right? How, Inclu- how, do, we get, how do we get from... Uh, from Pesach <laughs> I don't know, I got startled. Pesach. What? How do we get from Pesach into all this tumah? Oh my gosh. Where were you yesterday? I wasn't here. All right, listen. You have to be very careful about tumah and tower because the base of Mikdash is coming soon, so you have to pay close attention. And we got into it because they were burning chametz so you think when you burn chametz, you bring all your chametz into one pile and set it on fire. But when Tuma and Tara are going to come into play, when the base Mekish comes, you can't even put the Tamei chametz with the Tar chametz when you set it on fire. It's not, it's not so pushed. And they try to learn that from how we handle the meats and the oils in, in Kachim. That's how we got into it. All right. So here we go. But you startled me there. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Okay. So Tanya gave say the lady. No, no, I'm glad, I'm glad. You woke, now I'm, now I'm, now I'm awake. I, I don't even remember being awake up until now. Okay. Tanya Kavasei the Levi, Hadam Bayain Vashem and Vamayim. So again, is, okay, with regard, so Levi held that these mashkim are referring to the, all those, all the four aforementioned, right? The oil, the, the wine, and, and the blood in the water. So mashki be midvichaish, nitmu bifnim vyotzian lachots. Let's say they became Tomei inside the right inside the Azar, inside the base of Mikdash, and then you took them out. Tahorin. So when you take them out, they're considered Tahor. Nitmu Bechutz, Vichnesan Bifnin, Tumein. However, if they become Tame outside, where we all know that they're going to be Tame Midurabanan at least, then and you bring them in, so they're going to be Tame. Now, 
That, right, so it sounds like that all four beverages are treated the same way, right? Because it says that if they're nitme bifnim and you bring him the chutz, they're tahar. You get it? In other words, even the, even the blood, even the uh, wine and the oil, if they become tame in the base hamikdash, they're going to be considered tahar. They don't become tame in the base hamikdash because they're only tame derabana. And this sounds like Levi who includes the, those extra two liquids of oil and um, and wine. So the Gemara says, is that really a raya to Levi? Any. Is it really true, by the way, that if you take a liquid that was consam- contaminated inside the base of Mikdash, you take it outside of the confines of the base of Mikdash, it's going to be tar? Right, Rabbi Shubin Levi said that when you have all those liquids that go on the Mizbeach, Right, it was said that they're only tahar in when they're there, when they're on the actual mizbeach or in the actual uh, base of mikdash. But once you take them out, of course they're going to be considered tummy. My lavlam ute nitmu bifnim vutsiyan lechutz. Doesn't that mean? Doesn't the statement mean to imply that when they were contaminated inside the base of mikdash, that they would become tummy when you take them out? So how could it be that we hold that the halacha is that once you take them out, right, they're going to be tahar? So the Gemara says, Lo, Now what it means to do is exclude the case where they were contaminated outside in the base of Mikdash and brought them in. That's when. Right? But, but, but when they're inside, they're going to be Tahar. But when you bring them out, yeah, they're still going to be Tameh when they come outside. So the Gemara says, But Shubin Levi said that they're Tahar only in their place. Which means that they should become Tameh when you take them outside. So the Gemara says, Hachi Kamar. Okay, okay. Let's just straighten it out because it is confusing. This is what Rishub and Levi meant to say. Lo Amru Dachan. Dachan means Tahar, right? Lo Amru Dachan Koman. Therefore, it's consistent with the Brisa, right? That the, the beverages, these liquids, are only Tahar when they're Nitmu when they're in their place. Okay? And so therefore, the Brisa and Rishub and Levi, they're both saying the same thing, right? That in their place, they're going to be Tahar, but when you take them out, they're going to be Tame. Okay, so fine. So, right. Um, yes, 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 yes. So now, the Gemara is going to quote a brisa for Rav. Tanya can say the Rav. So we have a brisa for Levi, now let's see like Rav. Rav holds, again, that it's only the blood in the water. So it says, Hadam v'hamayim mashke beis mit b'chaya shunitmu bein b'chelim bein b'karakar tahorim. Right, so we have a brisa that says, that the liquids of the actual butchering place, when they become tame, then they're going to be, they, when they become, right, they contract tuma, they're going to be, right, tahar. We'll see what the significance here is of bein b'chelim, bein b'karka, as follows. So, okay, so we have this statement, which sounds like it's talking about only blood and water. So that sounds a lot like Rav. So as we turn to Yudzayin and Beis, at the... Uh, Daunting time, 614. Okay, this, this comment, this is consistent with Rav, right? That, that the idea, we're going to talk about Kalim versus Karka, but at least it's consistent with Rav in the sense that it's only talking about blood and water. It's not talking about oil and wine. Okay, so now, until now we're going to, so that's basically two prices, one to support Rav and one to support Levi. Now, until now, we thought, well, okay, if something is Tame Midor Raisa, then it's only then it's going to be Tame in the base of Mikdash, 
however, if something's Tommy Medura Banan, it's going to be Tahar in the base of Mikdash. But now we're going to challenge that a little bit as follows. Amar Papa. Afilamanda Amar Tumas Mashkin Raisa. Even if something is tame, even if the liquids are tame midar raisa, mashke base mit bechaya hilchasogamirile. Wow, an unbelievable thing! You could even say that liquids that become tame midar raisa are going to, in fact, be tahor in the base of mikdash, because that is, in fact, just like the tuma of the liquids is dar raisa. So too is the dispensation, the extra. Halacha that says that they're tahar in the base of Mikdash is also dar raisa. How so? It's a milchasa gemirila, which means alachal emotion misinai. So we have, even by liquids dar raisa, perhaps that up until now, this entire time we were assuming that if something is tahar in the base of Mikdash, it must mean that it's only tame midarabana. But Rav Papa is turning that entire assumption on its head and saying that it could be tar in the base of Mikdash, even if it is tar midar raisa, because we in fact have Allah Moshim Sinai that those liquids are tar in the base of Mikdash. Wow. So is that really true? So Amalai Rafuna Bereder of Nasan Lar Papa, Velahadakama Rabbi Lazar, ain't Tumalamashkin call Ikar. Right? We said already this testimony yesterday that Rabbi Lazar says that Mashkin don't become Tame at all. That sounds like they don't become Tame midar raisa. Teda. You could know that this is true also. Sharei Eidid, Heid, and Eidius, we have Yosef and Yoezer, Yistreda, Amashke, Beimit, Bechaya, Dachan, right? Yosef and Yoezer said the same similarly with regards to the basement, Bechaya, that at least with regards to water and uh, blood, that they are in fact Tahor, Vehi Hilchasa Gemirla. And if we, in fact, already had the Allah Moshe Misenai, that these things were all tahar in the base of Mikdash, then why do we need, why, why do we need Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yosef ben Yoezer to teach us that these things are tahor? Even if they were Tameh, we'd be able to use them in the base of Mikdash. So, Amr le Ravina le Ravashi, Rabbi Shimon de Amr Tumas Mashkin de Raisa, Rabbi Shimon is the Tana who says, that it's the raisa. The Tanya, because we've seen a Brisa, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, Amim, Lachelim, Taharim, Lachelim, Tameyin. Right? That with regards, we'll see what the difference is between Kalim and Ochlin. But he says, for the Kalim it's Tahar, for the Ochlin it's Tame. The Hacha, Ka'amar, Rabbi Shimon, Bechelim, Tameyin, Bekarka, Taharim. And, and so therefore, that's why Rabbi Shimon therefore says over here that Bechelim, Tameyin, and Bekarka, Taharim, the next level down. And in Kalim, it's going to be Tameh. And then on the ground, it's going to be Tahar. Vi he. And if you're going to say that this whole idea of excluding the, the, um, Mashkim is Halachal Sinai, Mali Bechelim, Mali Bekarka. Why do we have these two separate statements with regards to the discussion about Kalim and Karka? Right, it should it shouldn't make any difference. Now, when we're talking about Kalim versus Kar, we're talking about where is this water, where the liquids are. Are the liquids right on top of the Kalim? Are they on top of the ground? But what would be the difference? Again, why are we saying that there's a distinction between Kalim and Karka with regards to liquids? If none of it matters, if we already have a Lachal Sinai, that the Mashkim are in fact going to be Tahar regardless in the base of Mikdash. And the Gemara says, Kasha, in the end, that that is in fact a difficulty. In other words, basically we're throwing out this idea of Rav Papa, that's a Lachal Sinai. Amazingly, there's a Machlokas, and this happens, whether, what the Masorah is, whether it's coming from, whether we have a Lachal Sinai to this effect. It sounds like from all the other sources, Ravina has explained to Ravashi, it sounds from all these other sources, that in fact we do not have a Lachal Sinai to this effect, and that would in fact, um, 
justify all the other conversations that we have around this concept of the beverages where, when we care, whether it's in the Kalim or in the Karka or it's the Raisa or it's the Rabbanon, all of this would not matter if it did, if, if we had a Lachal Moshe Sinai that in the base of Mekdash we could use it. But because we don't have, but because you see that we discuss it all over the place over here, so it must be that we do not have that Lachal Moshe Sinai. Okay. So Amar of Papa, Handa Amas Bekarka Taharin, Loshanu Elamaim, Avaldam Lo. Uh, clarification on, on, on a, on a, on a uh, issue, one of the issues brought up here. We said that when, when um, liquid lands on the ground, so we're talking about in the shechting place, right? So the two, two liquids fall down, blood and water. So maim, when it hits the ground, that's going to be tahar, but dam is not going to be tahar, even if it's on the ground. Umayim nami, and even water, when it falls on the ground, lo amran ela de havi revias. It's only going to be tahar when there's a revias full of it. What are we talking about here? A makeshift mikvah, right? If you have a revius of water on the ground, you're allowed to immerse needles and tiny things and mida orisa, that's going to be water. So basically the concept here is when water collects to any degree, it's metaher. Okay? Of Allah, of your revius, tamein. But if it doesn't collect, it's just kind of like droplets, those are tamein. So we see water as that unique property that when it's in droplets, it can in fact be tame. However, when it's collected in a revius or more, it becomes a mikvah. Okay. So now, back to yesterday's daf. We talked about suffix tumma with regards to liquids. Amar Rabbi Yudomer, lakal tame. That, that anything that might have touched tame, that, right, the halacha is that it's tame out of doubt. And we're going to say that it is, in fact, we're going to be machmir. The Mamer, the Savar Rabbi Yehuda, Tumas Mashkin, Tame, Tumas Kalim, Da Raisa. Are you trying to say that Yehuda holds that Tuma, that, that the, that the, that the Tuma of liquids is, in fact, Da Raisa? That's not, but we already learned in the Mishnah, right? Really, it's a Brisa, but it sounds like the Mishnah in Kalim that says, which is the biggest Mesecha uh, in Shas. Kol ha-kelim sheyesh lahen achor and vesoch, right? Any kelim, right? The biggest, the most mishnah is any any kelim that have an exterior and an interior. Kigon ha-karim v'aksosav v'asakin v'armatsufim, right? Like pillows, cushions, sacks, bags. So, right, all these things that have an an interior. Nit matocho, nit magabo, nit magabo lo nitmatocho. If the inside becomes tame, then the outside becomes tame perforce. However, if it only gets tame on the outside, the inside does not become tame. So I'm a Rabbi Yehuda, right? That's only if they become tame from liquids. But if an actual sheretz it lands on it, then so again, what Rabbi Yehuda is saying here is the halacha of kalim. If a sheretz touches a kli, then it doesn't matter if it falls inside the kli or outside the kli. The entire kli is going to be tummy. However, if liquids touch a kli, so if the liquids, let's say you have a cup full of tummy liquid, so then the whole cup is going to become tummy. But if liquid only gets spritzed on the outside of the cup, the interior of the cup is still going to be tahar. Wow. So, and the question then becomes, if in fact the tuma powers of liquids are midaraisa, then they should be no different than the tuma powers of a sheretz, and there should be no distinction. Therefore, liquids, just like a sheretz, if liquids touch the cup on the outside, they should also be metame the cup on the inside. 
So therefore, the Gemara answers on Rabbi Yehuda, Shmuel Chazar Bar Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda had to go back on his ruling and, in fact, conclude at the end that that it, that liquids based off of that Mishnah or that Brisa that sounds like the Mishnah in Kalim, we had to conclude to concede that liquids are in fact only Tamei Midar or alternatively, Ravina Amar Laolam Lahadar. Maybe Yehuda stuck his ground and he said that the liquids are in fact Tamei Daraisa, but Habimashkin and Bai Machmas Yedaim, Habimashkin and Bai Machmas Sheretz. It could be that beverage that beverages and liquids that became Tamei by a Sheretz. Right, the assumption here is that tuma with hands is more derabanan. This becomes a topic because it's not so simple to say that. Because in fact, the tuma that comes from the sheretz might also be midarabanan. But be that as it may, the assumption at this point in the gemara is that tuma that comes from the yadaim are more derabanan than tuma comes from the sheretz. To which the gemara says, "Yachi adetani, but machmas mashkin Right, instead adetani. Concerning what was that talking about when they were contaminated by the liquids, but they should they, they should have taught with regards to the beverages itself as follows. If in fact it was true that there was the distinction was between the sheretz and the yadaim, then that would have been the machlokas. They wouldn't have mentioned the difference between the outside and inside. These attempts to bring back Rabbi Yehuda are not going to be uh, met with success. In fact, Rabbi Yehuda retracted and he in fact held that these sources do in fact show that the Tumah of the Mashkin is only Midura Banan. We'll stop here, six lines up from the bottom and you'd Zion